0: On the previous episode, I shared what the prophetic word of the year is for 2023. You will see the promise fulfilled. On today's episode, you will be equipped to be able to walk into that promised land and stay strong in your promised land. In order to see the promise fulfilled, you must break the wall of fear and break the wall of insecurity. First of all, The promises that God gives us are blessings, our gifts. God does not have to give us these promises. The fact that he just gives us breath in our lungs and life eternally with him, that's already so much. We're indebted to him. You know, like we should not want for anything else. By that, I mean we should never feel entitled to other blessings, but we should really see every other thing that comes from God, blessing, promise, as such an extra beautiful gift that God has given us that we don't deserve, we are not entitled to, but it's just the mercy and grace of God in our lives. It's very important you see those, see the promises and blessings in this way, uh, because in the world, it's natural for people to be entitled, for people to be entitled about basics in life. Like, it's the society norm that every person uh, gets married, falls in love, gets married, has children, has a house, has a car. You know, it's, it's really like this expectation of, this is what I deserve, this is what I'm entitled to. Maybe not everyone thinks they're entitled to a mansion and a really expensive car, for example, but so many people really feel like as a human, they're entitled to these basics, basic society norms. So that's just one example. And then many people feel they're entitled to so much more. Many people feel um, if they work really hard on their job, they better get paid really well. You know, there is just this mentality, like I deserve this, you know, where, it's true, like what you sow, you reap. We should expect these things. But we as children of God should not be like the world where we're ever entitled, where, we're, where we ever think that we, because we did something, we should get something. But we should always have the mindset of, I'm a servant of the Lord. I, I have, I'm rich. I have everything I could ever want in Jesus himself. Everything else, all the gifts and blessings are extra. That's the mentality that God wants us to have, because He does not want any of that entitlement, pride stuff there. So when God promises you something and you're on the journey to the promised land, actually one of the big things that God is doing in the journey to the promised land in your heart is getting that entitlement out. In the journey to the promised land, there's always a journey and there's a journey because there needs to be this process that's happening. There needs to be a refining process that's occurring in your heart, your characters being molded, to be able to be Christ-like so that when the promise comes, you can handle that promise how Christ wants you to. So on that journey, God's refining your heart and one of the things he's refining is getting that pride and entitlement out and putting that heart of a servant of God in you, that humble heart, that grateful heart, that generous heart, that when blessings come, you're not holding on to them tightly, but you're like, I'm blessed to be a blessing to others. I freely received, I wanna freely give. So I know that this happened to me. Um, I had a humbling moment in this journey to receive the promise, a big promise that I've seen come to pass or I should say, I guess, begin to come to pass, is to see revival break out in my ministry. I was called to be an apostle, and I was called to start a church, and it was prophesied to me that revival was gonna break out through my ministry. Many miracles were gonna happen. So many people would come, and miracles everywhere, and it would spread across the world. But for four and a half years, I was seeing our church be so small, dwindling, from 20 to down to five to two over four and a half years, so during this process it was a challenge it was difficult i remember just longing for the promise to come to pass just longing just thinking like man i really thought the promise was going to come sooner than now and this is difficult and everything that i'm doing is just obedience i i i never desire to preach in fact it was very uncomfortable for me so that was just pure obedience so Much of these four and a half years in that process time in the journey journey through the wilderness to the promised land is me just like obeying and not a lot of fun. I had such peace and joy like never before because of this place of intimacy with Jesus that I never experienced before as I was obeying him and really surrendering like never before. But it was uncomfortable and I was just constantly doing things that weren't fun and just longing for the promise to come to pass. So, um, I remember one time it got hard. I think it it was, it was, it was after a really big attack of the enemy again. And, um, I just remember like crying and praying to God and crying and feeling like, when will this promise come to pass? Like, I'm, I'm just anxious for it to be here. And just feeling this moment of like, I've done a lot, you know, I've sacrificed a lot. And, and I remember feeling like I thought that since God called me to do something that I didn't want to do, uh, that he was going to make it easier. <laughs> I, I just had that like thought and that was completely not the case. <laughs> like it was so difficult to grow the church. It was so difficult to, um, get people to have good hearts and come and stay and help with the work of God. And so I was just doing so many things on my own, just all, so much of the, most of the work of the ministry and, and teaching myself at edit and putting videos. And it was just hard. And, and in that moment, I just remember being like, I thought it was going to be easier. Like I'm surrendering, I'm sacrificed and it's been years. And, and all of a sudden, as I'm emotional and everything, I just, in that moment, I'm just, I'm reminded, I'm reminded that God never had to make me this promise, that God never had to give me the gift of telling me the promise in advance so that I wouldn't be clueless, hopeless, wandering, but I could be certain and expectant and excited. Also, above all, God never had to give me this promise. This promise he had given me, this promise of being such a powerful vessel of God where so many miracles would happen and, I I was called to reach the nations. This was massive. This was big, and I knew it was big. I knew it was big, and it's like God was entrusting all this to me, and this was like the biggest honor in the whole world to be a representative of of God like this, and to be entrusted to this leadership for the body of Christ. And and here I am in the wilderness, right? And I'm just, it just hit me. It just hit me like. Humble yourself. What God has called you to, you don't even deserve. So you need to stay in this awe mode, even though it's been years. You need to stay in this awe mode like, God, you promised this to me? I'm indebted to you. I'll serve you with joy no matter what it is. And also, He's called you to something so big. It's, of course, going to take time to prepare you for that. You have to be looking like Jesus so much so much more than you do now, it's gonna take time, it's gonna take trials, it's gonna take fire that burns, stings, is uncomfortable. It was like a moment I was just like, of course. And so I humbled myself in that moment and I said, Lord, whatever it is that you need to take me through, whatever refining it is, do it, Lord. And I remember just, just humbling myself and realizing, even if I was going through a wilderness, a preparation season till age 50, even that would not be long enough for me to be, like, worthy of it or deserving of it, you know? Like, it was just God's grace. My eyes opened up to just see humbly, see, see the reality of the situation, okay? So from there on, God really helped me to see these promises I've given you, they're not for you to be entitled to the pure blessings, the pure gifts. And they're also not for you. These promises are gonna bless you like nothing could ever bless you. It's it's reward. God is so excited for you to be blessed through the promises, it's dreams coming true. But there's a greater purpose than just to be a blessing to you. It's actually to bless others. The greater purpose is that this promise God's promising to you is gonna lead other people to Jesus, many more people to Jesus. It's It's gonna be a testimony of God's faithfulness that he is faithful to his promises. No matter what the promise is, maybe it's a promise of healing or freedom, you're gonna walk in that promise and so many people will be able to be healed and delivered because you're walking in that promise of the healing and the freedom. Or if God called you to something um, like this calling upon your life and it was a struggle to get there and you're the most unlikely person for this calling and then but then it happens and you're walking it and and then so many other people their faith grow so big to follow Jesus to serve him and to not let fear and doubt get to them. I mean that's this is the purpose of that promise, not for you to have your dreams come true. So it's important you realize that God will teach you this in the wilderness process. This is he'll, this is where he refines that heart for you to know when this promise comes, how do I deal with it? Well, I don't be selfish about it. It's not about me. When this promise comes, it's for me to steward well. It's for me to release to others. It's it's a gift for others, not first. So this is number one, to not feel entitled to the promise. But but now on the flip side, this promise is yours. It It's a promise God has made you, and God needs you to receive this promise, accept this promise, own this promise. No, God does want to give this to me, not entitled, but no, my father gave me this gift, specifically me, and he worked on this for a long time and he wants me to have it for the purpose for his kingdom, but it's mine. And this is very important for you to know, because when you get into the promised land, okay, the devil does not want you to have that promise. Because the purpose of the promise is to destroy his kingdom, advance God's kingdom. So the devil doesn't want you to have it. So the way the devil tries to to get you from being skittish to accepting the promise or holding on to the promise, keeping it, is by working through other people in the form of jealousy attack. The devil works through people to try to make you retreat. Okay, so... This is what was happening in the time when the Israelites were about to step into the promised land. God said in Joshua 6, 6 6-2, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. So God had promised Joshua and all the Israelites that, that Canaan was theirs, that that was their land. God had promised it to them. God didn't promise it to the people who were currently occupying it. So they thought that it belonged to them, but it actually belonged to the Israelites. But the Israelites had to really go in faith to accept this truth. Many of the Israelites doubted that it was really theirs. Even though God said, this is yours, they saw the huge giants, they saw the huge army in the land, and that intimidated them, and that made them feel like, I don't know if this is really ours, it looks like it's theirs, I don't think we should even try to, step into the promised land and grab what's ours. That's how they were feeling, right? But then there were some, but Caleb and Joshua, there was a couple faithful ones who believed in God. So God ends up saying, Joshua 6, 2, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. They did this, verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. So this is when they finally, Occupy the promised land. They stepped into the promised land. And what did they do? They destroyed the ones occupying the city. It was really theirs. They claimed what was theirs. They believed it was theirs. They didn't step back and say, oh, actually, you were here first. I don't. They destroyed everything and claimed what was theirs. What happens when you step into your promised land is that a bunch of people that had no issue with you before suddenly have issue with you. It's jealousy. It's the devil telling them lies. The devil's trying to say to them, their light is so bright that yours cannot be seen as much. And this is where that jealousy comes in. That's, these. they see your light shining brightly and they're freaking out that they're not gonna get as much attention. And then others, just obsess over what you have and they just literally want to be you so they will literally try to destroy you to have what you have thinking that that's you they can replace you this is what we see with david david starts to step into the promise of him being this anointed vessel and having favor upon him being this anointed king but before you know he really was in the place of king The current King Saul had him work in an army and he was such an amazing soldier, warrior, like he would defeat so many of the enemies. He was just had the favor of God upon him. So he was shining and he was stepping into the promise of that favor of God and anointing working in his life and his star shining. But all of a sudden, Saul who loved him before, praised him before, invited him to his house before, Invited him to play the harp so that he could be relieved from evil spirits. The moment that David is shining, he's walking in the promise, Saul receives a spirit of jealousy. The people start saying that Saul is able to kill many enemies, but David can kill way more. That wasn't meant to be a dig at Saul. The people were just excited. They had um, Saul and David are just powerful. <laughs> And we're having victory in their city so but Saul saw David's star shining bright and he instantly was afraid that people would favor David over him and he's king Saul's king he wants to be always the top so from there he literally tries to kill David to kill him many times he ends up sending armies to try to kill him he never succeeds he never succeeds because He's unable to. This is David's promise. You can. Nobody can steal your promise. God will make sure of it. This is the kind of thing you'll you'll start to see these like Sauls creep up. You'll start to see this jealousy creeping up out of people that were once your friends, maybe, at people that really liked you or liked what you were doing before. And then the moment this amazing promise comes to pass, they turn it's, it's jealousy is what it is. And it's, and the real deep spiritual root is the devil really does not want you to have that promise. So, um, in dealing with this and dealing with these, with this situation, now you're learning to break the wall of fear today. Um, number one, you know, when, when these attacks are coming and these attacks can look like false accusation, that's a big way it comes. Like, because the jealousy around you is wants to try to steal what you have, to take you down. So it, they're only all they can do is say lies, spread lies, try to hope people believe lies, and try to take you down. The devil can try to come and bring fear in this way, like, Oh my gosh, I've waited for this promise for so long, and now what is happening? Is it going to be taken from me? Am I not going to be able to keep this promise? I was just so excited the promise came fear you need to break that wall of fear and you break need to break this wall of fear number one with realizing that with by by reminding yourself that god made you this promise god has given you this promise and he will protect this promise just as he protected david's promise just as he protected joseph son of jacob's promise just as he protected the israelites promise and he made the walls of jericho to come down and helped supernaturally gave help To the Israelites to defeat everybody in that land. In the same way, God will protect your promise. All of the lies, all of the slander, all the gossip—it will not stand. The truth will stand. Your promise is safe, so you don't need to spend a second being worried that it's going to be taken from you. It's yours. It's safe. God's God's hands are around the promise and around you, so you can rest. You can just know this is to be expected, but. This is, but devil, ha ha, I'll laugh at you. You're a loser. I know you're mad because this promise equals you going down. God using me mightily more than ever before and God's kingdom advancing, hallelujah. So see that devil's anger as an exciting thing because, he, because it means that what's to come is even greater. It means that that promise is leading to so many greater things. Secondly, you need to break the wall of insecurity. I remember like when I faced an attack like this, when I, I, it was just, it was just like I, it it was just like, wow, this promise really came to pass. Wow. But then shortly after I just saw that the devil spring out from out of the woodworks and like hate and jealousy. And and I literally felt like, why? I mean, I remember thinking like, why did I want the promise so bad? It was a lot more peaceful back in the wilderness. (laughs) You know, like I remember feeling at one time like, whoa, this promise comes with so much. Like, this is heavy. This is a lot. This is so much. And I remember also like, I I remember sensing the scheme of the devil to make me feel like, man, people don't want me to have this promise. Like that feeling where like the devil wanted me to just be like, okay, fine. Like give in because there was so much pressure uh, for me to give up the promise that God had given me and I never like accepted it, but I just could feel that that was that strategy of the devil strong. And, um, but this is the thing. God gave you this promise. He needs you to have this promise. He needs you to be secure that he made you this promise that it's very important that you receive this promise, you hold on to this promise, you walk in this promise and you keep moving forward. That's very important. Do not listen to the voices of other people saying you don't deserve this promise. Do not listen to the intimidating spirit of the devil trying to make you just give in and give up so you can have peace. So you don't have to deal with drama and all of the tension that comes with you walking in the promise. You have to be secure. God gave me this promise and I need to obey him by accepting it and holding on to it and walking confidently in the promise. This is where God wants me. This is what God wants me to do. It doesn't matter what anybody says I need to focus on what God has called me to do. I need to focus on this walking in this promise that God has called me to because it's all for him. It's for the sake of his people. This is very important. You need to make sure you're not being distracted by all those voices, by all the jealousy, the hate, the intimidation, fear. Don't be distracted, stay focused. Don't let these, the jealousy, the haters steal your joy because. This promise is, the, is, is, is something to celebrate and rejoice in. Keep rejoicing in God. Keep praising Him for this promise. And walk confidently in this promise. God needs you to be strong to serve Him. God needs you to be strong walking in this promise, testifying of this promise, not being so beaten up by all of the, the people that don't want you to have the promise. And distracted by all that, that you can't even give a good testimony of the faithfulness of God, and you can't even do the next step and why even God gave you the promise. So, this promise is yours. You're not entitled to this promise, but you deserve this promise. You're worthy of this promise because God said so, because God decided I have promises to you years ago, even for many of you. And now I'm doing what I said I would do. Rejoice in this promise, my son, my daughter. Grow in love with me more, God's saying, as your eyes open up more to see my faithfulness. This is the season for this, not to be as distracted by the jealousy that comes with your light shining brighter, but rejoice. Know that this is your place. You were called for this. You were called to be here, and nothing can change that. No one can... Steal your joy. No one can take your promise. You're created for this. People need to hear your testimony of the promise. They need to. It's very important. I remember in the time of the wilderness just listening. There's like a couple stories I heard of people just having nothing, people having financially nothing, which had been my case at times, and God taking them past their wildest dreams, their big, big, big dreams coming true that God had given them and even beyond. And I remember just watching that testimony and just crying and just being so thankful that that person walked in their promise and shared it so that I could be encouraged, so that my faith could grow. So you walking in your promise and testifying of this promise is so important for many people out there, for them to be able to receive their promises. They will receive it because of you walking in your promise and releasing the testimony of God's faithfulness to others. They'll believe, they'll be able to have faith to receive what God has for them because of you. So this is the importance, focus on this. Focus on that when you are feeling, if you ever feel like, man, it was easier, it was simpler before this, before the promise. If you're ever feeling that intimidation coming from people, focus on what this promise is about. It's gonna save so many people. It's gonna lead many people to Jesus. It's gonna lead them to be able to receive a promise just like you. And they'll be thinking of you, just like I'm thinking of this person. I saw them share their testimony. They'll be thinking of you and thanking God for you for many years from now, you won't even know it. So it's important. Step into your promised land and own it this year. Own it, stand strong, rejoice like you never rejoiced before and keep your eyes on Jesus as he takes you from glory to glory. I speak this anointing of God to come upon you now and fill you with the fire of God, fill you with strength. May you walk in wisdom, may you walk full of strength in the spirit, that you would keep your joy, you would keep your peace, as you enter a new stage of walking into the promised land and your light shining like never before, that if jealousy comes, if attacks come, nothing would get to you, but you would keep your eyes on Jesus, you would stay in perfect peace, and it would be the most blessed time of your life, even with attacks coming your way, the most blessed time of your life, walking in the promise with Jesus. And I break every word curse, every word spoken against you, and every spirit of fear, anxiety, insecurity must go in Jesus' name. Be filled now with peace and joy, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you on the next episode. Revival is now.